You're listening to episode 177 of the Fitz Pro Podcast, and today we are going over the top 11 lessons from building our dream home. This is obviously a very subjective episode. It is a personal episode. I am sure it will run longer than some of my like, you know, key takeaway tangible episodes, but I do hope that this is just insightful. I really enjoy listening to other people's processes. I enjoy watching a process. I enjoy being a part of a process, which is why I like to share these things, um, especially here on the podcast where I can kind of go wider and deeper than I do on other platforms. So without further ado, let's dive in. The FitzPro podcast is your no BS approach to seeking out truth in the world that is online health and fitness. You'll see through the lens of the trainer, the trainee, and the entrepreneur. I'm your host, Annie Miller, certified strength and conditioning specialist, entrepreneur, lover of sleep, lattes, and dinosaurs aka not your average fitspo. And my aim is to help you grow your mind, body, and business through knowledge and authenticity so that you too can become a fitspo. Considering that this is a more personal episode, not pitching anything, not um, sharing any sponsors or anything, we're just gonna, we're gonna get right into it. So these lessons are very specific to our experience. So you could ask this question to someone else and they would have completely different answers based on their own experiences. For some context, Nate and I were not in a rush until I got pregnant. So we really took our time and wanted to do things right without cutting any corners. We are also self-employed and or retired. So I get that if two people are working a nine to five job and raising small humans, a lot, a lot more can slip through the cracks, understandably so, in the process of building or even just buying a home. So just be sure to listen to this podcast through the lens that is that is ours through our context. Just for some really, really quick background, we bought our five acre plot of land back in September, 2020. We started looking for property in May uh, after world travels kind of like stopped indefinitely and we could see that that was gonna be indefinite. Uh, We decided to start looking for land to build because that was always the plan after travels were done. Now that got moved up obviously because we had planned to travel for a lot longer, but whatever, that was kind of our next step and we decided together to just bump that forward, which has worked out very nicely um, with Baby Miller on the way now. And actually, I mean, at the time of this podcast could be, Baby Miller could be here. So anywho, number one for us was to choose the right builder. The realtor who helped us find our piece of land is a family friend and she made very clear to us from the beginning that we needed to choose a builder who we were comfortable dating for the next two years because that's really what it would end up being realistically is a two-year relationship with this person or these people and I could not back her up more on that statement after having gone through this process completely now. We interviewed five different builders actually before we even closed on the land. And I've mentioned this on other podcast episodes, but we went with the one who filled the gaps that we needed right? It was kind of the yin to our yang, but also understood what we wanted. So we've never designed a home before. So we don't even know what questions to ask or what to think about. It's one of those things where we didn't even know what we didn't know. 
situations. So we went with the only builder who pushed back on some of our ideas and provided us with other ideas. It felt like a uh, that there was back and forth to the relationship versus with some of the other builders, it just felt like us telling them what to do and them just doing everything we wanted without any constructive criticism, which we didn't want because again, we had no idea what we were doing. Most of my friends who have also built homes and had negative experiences, the negative experiences revolved solely, solely around the builder that they chose or that they were handed. So I really do believe that choosing the right builder and taking time to interview several of them is paramount in having a good building experience. Someone who you feel like is going to educate you and be on your team, not just leave you in the dark for two years. I will also add to that that they were the, they gave us the highest bid actually, and the longest timeline, which for us, we knew people were going to give us low numbers and tell us it was going to be done in six months, which from having friends and colleagues and clients who have built, I knew that that was bullshit. And I was not looking for answers I wanted to hear. I was looking for the truth. So we wanted a builder who was actually like, you know, had some integrity. I don't know. Um, Moving on to number two. Know that you have options, but to be very aware of those options. I have friends who purchase their land and builder and housing plan as kind of like a bundled deal. And we acquired our land and then used the equity in it as a down payment on our construction loan. So there are some ways where you can lock in an interest rate for your entire 30-year mortgage or where the interest rate is variable until you move into the house and it becomes a mortgage rather than a construction or build loan. And that's my base understanding. Just know that you have options and to explore those and ask questions. We personally spoke to several different people. Um, I don't even know what their specific job titles are. Like I couldn't even tell you, you know, what or who we were speaking to, but people in the mortgage and loan officer type positions is who we were talking to from different companies. And we, we do know people in real estate who gave us, you know, you should contact so-and-so. Um, and that was in order to explore what options we had, as well as what was realistic as far as timelines with the factor of me being self-employed and needing two years of tax returns, all to determine how much money we needed to you know, get the land, how much money we needed down versus the actual qualifying for the land and the build loan together as a combo loan versus buying the land and then doing a construction loan. Again, there were options to consider. And so we just, we needed to explore those and me being self-employed made that more difficult. But it turned out great as far as the down payment goes, because in Washington anyway, in our county, um, you have to pay 30% down on land and land here is not super cheap. So acquiring the land already gave us, you know, nearly six figures in equity with what we had to have down. So again, number two, know your options, uh, know that you have options and explore those. If, if somebody says, oh, no, you don't qualify, like ask more questions. Is that the only option we have? What are some other options that we have? Um, number three, is to know what matters to you and what doesn't. This is extremely important. Having clarity in your process as an individual is going to be extremely important. Knowing where you will budge and where you won't budge, right? So some pretty hefty costs would have 
brought the total cost of our house down. And those also happened to be the things we weren't really willing to budge on. Uh, Black on black windows, so black outside, black inside, and a whole metal roof were two of those things. At the time of us building, black on black windows were three times more expensive than white windows, Um, at least two times more expensive than black on the outside and white on the inside. Didn't even know that was an option. It's a thing. And the metal roof is obviously extremely expensive. Uh, We did not want metal accents. We wanted the whole roof to be metal. It really defines the entire exterior aesthetic of the house for us and it does add value it is something that will last for 50 plus years Um, they offered us black windows like i said on the outside and white windows on the inside but again we wanted all white walls on the inside and so it just looks so much better having the contrast of the black windows on the inside and like i said with the windows it's kind of the same thing as the roof it defines the aesthetic of the style of the house that we wanted Other things we were fully willing to budge on, so these are the things we were like, meh, I don't care, Um, were using blacktop outside on the driveway instead of cement. Cement is a lot more expensive than blacktop and also using different materials on our floor to ceiling fireplace. It's a 20 foot ceiling, so it's a lot of material and as long as it looked good, we really didn't care what happened with the fireplace. Whether it was an expensive material, whether it was stone, whether it was fake, we were like, whatever, as long as it looks good, we're happy. Um, It actually ended up being a restored brick from a church that was torn down like up in Tacoma or something and it looks freaking awesome and it wasn't that expensive. So that was a huge win. Um, A lot of people want tile in their laundry room floor, for instance. I don't care. The laundry room is not the focal point of the house. Um, I am not concerned with the floors in my laundry room. That door is going to be closed most of the time. So for me, again, that was a cost saver to just have the, uh, you know, wood engineered floors or whatever the heck we went with uh, go into the laundry room and not do tile in the laundry room. It was cheaper to just keep our wood flooring. So we saved some money there. In our bonus room upstairs, the media room in the bathroom, we did a linoleum flooring and tile countertops. It all still looks amazing. It actually looks way better than I thought it was going to. It's just that we were we were picky about where we spent money and where we didn't. And lighting was another thing that was a non-negotiable for us. They typically, our builder, overlights the house in the original plan, and then they take lights away in the process versus what typically happens in building is they will underlight the house. And then when you do your electrical walkthrough, you say, oh, I want a light there. And what about there? And what about here? And you end up adding a crap ton of costs via lighting. So our builder works the other way. We did not take a single light away. We really, light is very important to us. Um, Obviously, we have a lot of windows in our house. If you have followed me on Instagram, we want our house to look like a freaking Christmas tree. So we actually did not take any lighting away. That was something we weren't going to budge on. On our back porch, we have a wood paneled ceiling. And that was really, really important to us. I originally wanted both on the front and back porch. So we have a front and back porch that run nearly the entire length of the house. And um, wood paneled ceilings are expensive. So we decided, you know, we, we spend and would spend most of our time on the back porch. And so it was most important to have the wood paneled ceiling back there. And in the front, we just did like a clean white um, kind of different design, basically. 
in the front. Uh, so that was something that we did budge on partially. Um, all of this is just to say that I, I think it's important to know what is really important to you? What are things that are extremely important to you that are going to make the house for you? And what things do you care less about and allocate money appropriately? And also, you know, our builder helped us know just to think about resale. So like, again, the laundry room floor, not going to make us a ton of money in resell. The media room bathroom upstairs, not going to make us a ton of money in resale. So where to use cheaper materials and where not to. Number four is to know what you know and know what you don't know. This one can be very hard because as I said in the beginning, if you've never built before like us, it's hard to know what you don't know. But I think that what I mean is if you come to a situation and realize that you don't know what the heck you're doing, realize that, be aware of it. And when you are making decisions, um, keep that in mind. Consult the builder or whoever you need to in order to make the wisest choice. And again, remember our context. So because Nate has a lot of free time, because Nate basically has nothing but free time, he did so much researching on a lot of different things, which I do believe is allowing us to get as close to the home that we envisioned and that we wanted. But some of that goes back to choosing a builder who is willing to answer those questions and go to bat for you as well. So back to that number one, choosing the right builder. When we were designing the home, we started with a Mascord home plan. I definitely suggest that if you, you know, if you are doing a custom home or a partial custom home or you just want a good looking house, um, check out Mascord. Their plans are amazing. We changed it quite a bit. We have to legally change it quite a bit to use the plan. Something that our builder had us do was add a closet to every room, almost. Um, so upstairs in our bonus room, there is a full functional closet so that that counts as a bedroom. Same thing with my office. Functionally, I mean, that makes sense. It's nice to have a closet, right? But also it's extremely intelligent for resale. So we could either have a five bedroom house or a three bedroom house with a bonus room and an office. It completely depends on like what a family or someone would want. Another thing we thought we wanted was a big sliding door to the back porch. So like an accordion door or actually a door that um, slides into itself into the wall. And fun times, that was going to be $60,000. So once we <laughs> discovered that, we looked at the fact that what we actually cared most about, especially in the Pacific Northwest, was having a large amount of windows and light coming in. It wasn't necessarily that we could open the whole door because realistically, we're not going to have the door you know, a, a 10, 16, 20 foot door open in the Pacific Northwest most of the year. So we concluded that it was much more important about having the massive wall of windows than actually having the big open door. So that saved us a crap ton of money, um, not only from like how much the door was, but also from an engineering standpoint, because then we didn't have to reinforce this massive opening door. So lots of factors there, but that's just an example of like not knowing what we didn't know and uh, also having clarity on what we wanted. That was an opportunity to say, well, do we really want to open the big door all the time? Or is it more about having a wall of windows to see our land, to to look out on, you know, our our property. And that was what was most important. Number five, even if you are building a forever home, 
it's probably wise to at least consider what would be smart for resale, which I've kind of already touched on. This goes back to like the closet situation. So we made changes once the building actually began, once that process actually began. We made the master shower larger and also changed the driveway quite drastically. We didn't care much about the master closet, but made sure to lay it out in a way that would work for, for us, but also is appealing to future buyers and took those things into consideration. So just overall, don't get married to like, well, I'm building my forever home. I want it exactly how I want it. Yes, can you do that and also consider what will be beneficial for resale if you ever do sell it? Just something to think about. Number six, of course, is ask questions and clarification. These people are building your house. You have the right to ask any question you want. And that's really the end of that. You don't want to ask questions because you feel like, oh, I'm being a nuisance or like this is inconvenience for them. And then end up living in your house for 30 years wishing that something was different. That is not the situation you want. So though it might be an uncomfortable situation or though you might feel like you're annoying, ask the freaking questions. Get the clarification that you need because you're the one that's going to be living in this house. Okay. Number seven is do it now or do it later. There will undoubtedly be things that you are on the fence about or you reach a point where you have to make a decision where, you know, what you were planning on doing either gets out of hand, costs get out of hand. Consider what is easiest to do later down the road versus what is harder or more expensive to do later down the road. That made a lot of our decisions for us. So this is personal to us, but we held off on landscaping like completely. So with an already hefty loan that we were taking on, we did not want any of that loan, any of that payback to be taken up by our yard. Just didn't make sense to us. We wanted money going into the house which we would be paying for, you know, 30 years. And we would not necessarily get that value back from landscaping in resale. So for us, landscaping was something that we could build upon in phases over a literal decade or multiple decades, rather than paying interest on it now. For us, the priority was the house. Um, we also planned to have two fireplaces outside, one underneath our covered patio and one further out in the open. And getting down to the last minute cost, we decided to hold off on the second more outdoor uncovered fireplace because it was heading into fall here in the Pacific Northwest. And frankly, we're just not going to be sitting out um, non undercover, so out in the open uh, at a fireplace. We're going to be using the one that's undercover, under the heaters, and um, it was still piped with gas for that second fireplace, so it's prepped when we want to, but there was no need to add costs of building, assembling, buying another fireplace and installing that on the patio. Again, just consider, you know, what is, what is the wisest thing to do now and what is going to be more expensive and or easy to do in the future. Number eight is... It's expensive and costs are going to add up, period. So our builder, again, I told you, he gave us the highest bid. And then also remember the timeline of 2020 and 2021, lumber, metal, material, cement, all going through the roof with costs, no pun intended. Our builder built in an 80 
and then a $100,000 contingency to what he expected it to cost. So when he gave us the amount in our final meeting that we would then take and actually like get a loan for, he already built in $100,000 in contingency and it was still a hundred grand over the top of that number within like two months. Now, again, that is in large part because of the time in which we were building in the economy. So take that for what it's worth. But also I've had a lot of clients build homes and costs just, they just add up. I would guess that where you will end up adding money is lighting, the kitchen, the main bathroom, It could be anything else down to flooring throughout your entire house, but things definitely just add up. And I know everybody probably says that, but it's true. And it will look different for you when you're in it, when you're doing it yourself. Just expect it to happen. What you would never want to do is have to walk away from it, right? So I'm not an expert. I'm just sharing my experience. But in in getting the loan amount, uh, we also knew that like we'd probably have to pay some out of pocket on top of the loan just looking at the economy going forward. So something to consider. Uh, Number nine is that not everything has to be in the loan. Much like landscaping, I didn't want to be paying things off like my kitchen hardware and the mirrors in my bathroom over 30 years. So we picked out and paid for all of our hardware and our mirrors ourselves and then paid for a small installation fee um, just so that we didn't have to do it. We're talking like $30. Or something. So just thinking about like what do you want in your loan and what don't you want in your loan because you do have options there. Number 10 is to document it for yourself. I mean the journey, photos, videos, actual projects that you can look back on over time. We probably went out to our land once a week to once every three weeks depending on what season it was in. Sometimes it feels like nothing's happening for like two months at a time. But towards the end, which we will talk about shortly, things really do happen like daily. Changing every day, every hour. I love having pictures and videos to look back on of the entire process. So I just encourage people to take time to do that because if you don't, you don't have it to look back on, right? So just just a thought, just something to share, just something I think I would regret not having done if I didn't do it. Number 11, the last one, I know builders will probably hate this, Um, not even builders, but more so the contractors. So you have a builder and then they hire out contractors to actually do the work on your build. Visit daily in the last month. Like I said, builders will like poke my eyeballs out for saying that. Um, An example here is that we showed up when they were painting the exterior of our house and our house is a classic modern classic modern farmhouse. It's white with black windows and black gutters, but they painted all of the trim around the windows black. And we arrived and in our guts, we we didn't like it. Both of us were like, oh, is that, is that what that's supposed to look like? Like, I don't, I didn't think that was correct. But then we thought, you know, maybe, maybe this is the accurate design. We need to check with the builder. We trust our builder's design big time. It's one of the reasons we hired him. So we called him afterwards and we were like, so the trim is black. Is that supposed to be happening? And he was like, absolutely not. That's incorrect. The trim needs to be white. And so we both started laughing, Nathaniel and I. And had a huge sigh of relief because we really did not like the black trim. Uh, But again, you know, we just weren't sure. So 
we checked with the builder and absolutely not. That was not supposed to be happening. So the builder contacted the painters and they had to repaint all of the trim from black to white, which sucks for them. But, you know, never forget that you're paying for the house that you're paying for. So it needs to be done correctly. And that is a loss on them, not to you. So it's literally what you're paying for. So not only is it fun to go out to the house every day uh, in the last month to see just all the little things that come together so, 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 so close to the end. Um, our builder, you know, we had a bunch of questions all the time and towards the end in the last two months or so when we would ask like, when does this happen? When does that happen? He was always like, oh, that's right at the end. Oh, that's in the last two weeks. That's right at the end. And I was like, does everything literally happen at the end? The answer is yes. The answer is absolutely yes. Everything magically comes together at the end. So those are my 11 lessons, you know, top of mind from getting in here a month or two ago at this point of building our dream home in its current state. There is still much we want to expand on, much we want to do, especially with the change of, you know, when we started this journey, we didn't plan on having kids. Obviously, baby Miller is here or going to be here really soon. So what we plan to do with the house and the land has has kind of changed and shifted based on that that new journey that we are on. So hopefully this was a fun episode for you to listen to. I won't take any more of your time. I will catch you in the next one. Thank you for tuning into the Fitzpro podcast. Bye.